Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you for checking in with us on monday march 26 2018 i am joe Murata, and counting down towards wrestlemania with me is the one and only the ubiquitous michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy so are you excited for wrestlemania because i kind of am yeah i am very excited for wrestlemania it's gonna be a good card i think it's gonna be solid and actually we were talking about this on the porch today mm-hmm. and the porch this card doesn't look bad no, for doesn't. like a WrestleMania. Yeah, you know it's not it's not bad. And I know you you think uh, Charlotte Flair is going to beat that Oscar. I do. I don't know about that, but yep. we'll talk about that on the WrestleMania recovery show. We will in two weeks. We'll be doing the WrestleMania recovery show. So in the future, we'll talk about the current. But right now, we're going to talk about the retro as we've been doing yeah. for seventy five episodes now, plus specials. And you can reach us and follow us if you haven't yet on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at Gmail dot com. That is oh. VP podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the number one place to hang and bang with us is the Facebook group. Well, first of all, I think you mean hung and bung. <laughs> Excuse me. And second of all, it's a facebook.web.goku.feet.wrestlemania. <laughs> Goku. Um, it, it's a place where you can um, talk about the old wrestling. Yes, it's a great place on Facebook. If you have Facebook, yeah. you go to facebook.com and type in our vantage point retro wrestling podcast. Join the group. One of us will approve you. And you know what's become great about that group over the last several months? So Quinn and I don't even know what goes on there half the time. Yeah, I mean, it's starting to become a real community that we, we aren't always looking at. Nope. Because there's so much to keep up with. It's, it's not like I look at it when I can. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, it's like you guys just keep talking. I, I love it. It's great. I what? come back and there's tons of stuff like Shark Boys, the Shark's son or something. <laughs> like I, I'm, It's amazing. It is. And it's uh, our, our MO there is come as you are. You know, there are no judgments, whether you know a little or a lot, whether you're a smart or uh, just a fan, a casual fan. We welcome it. We welcome discussion, reminiscing, questions, anything like that. Yep. Been a great time. Anything. It, it, it's a great place for that kind of thing. Right? It is a great place. Speaking of places, you can find us. Maybe you're listening to us on SoundCloud. That's where we're hosted for now. Uh, but you don't have to listen to us on SoundCloud. Quinn, where else can we be found? Well, first and foremost, Apple Podcasts, yes. the premier provider of podcasts in the universe, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, and they recently changed their logo and made me change it on the website, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like I, the other one like expired yeah. and, on an aside. Date. Yeah. But anywho, you go over there, you can hit subscribe, leave a review, please five stars. Yep. Um, there's also other places. Yeah, what else we got? Like Google Play Music. Yeah, we're there all the time. Stitcher, mm-hmm. FM Player. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Whoa. Oh, Auto and Jimbo. Yeah, tune in. Jimbo.com. <laughs> I don't, all these sites. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, I also submitted this to Spotify recently. I forgot to tell you. Does that mean anything? Like, no. <laughs> I hear they're very selective about who they want yeah. on there. Well, you know, one show that just got on there, and we're going to do our plugs now. Uh, there's a show that just got on to Spotify, but it's a great show. It's been on a little longer than we have. It's called The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. They recently celebrated a couple of weeks back their 100th episode, so congratulations to them. Yeah, which is weird if they've only been on like a month longer than us. I don't know how that 
math works. They had a stretch of doing two episodes a week. Right now, they've pared that down to one good episode each week. It's called WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Check those guys out. It's hosted by Unique Show here, a wrestler currently wrestling in the business, and he is the kingpin, or maybe soon to be changed to the Wine City Whaler. Yes, the Wine City Whaler, uh, <laughs> Brian Malonis. Brian Malonis, uh, a wrestler. Yeah. And he is joined by an independent wrestling referee who is currently on an extended hiatus, Mean Mike Crockett. Check it out. It's a great perspective from two guys in the business. Uh, and speaking of unique perspective, there's another show that we really like. Now, this is a one-man show, Quinn. Yes, I enjoy this show a lot. He's a weird dude, and I like him a real lot because you feel like you get to know him through his show. I feel like I'm in the mind of this guy right now. I've been listening a lot. <laughs> He's great. His name is Petey Winson, our little brother, and he hosts a great show called Greetings from Allentown or GF Allentown. You can find him on his own feed or on the Pro Wrestling Only feed of the place to be nation.com. That's a uh, GF Allentown Quinn. Greetings from Allentown. Uh, but not only that, you know, if you really like our show, mm-hmm. our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling podcast, you can donate to the show if you want to. And it's not to make like this show better or something like that. No. Like this show's free. It'll always be free. Right. But if you like us so much that you want to support us, we give you additional content in return. And at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, you can find our rewards tiers. We have a one, two and three dollar tier and Quinn will run them down for you real quick. Let's start at the one dollar for the one dollar every week. You get the full raw video footage of us making this podcast every single week. That's right. Mistakes and all mistakes and all just goes up there and you can watch it, listen to it, whatever you want to do with it. See what shirt I'm wearing right now. The two dollar tier. You get our OVP commentary, and what those are is you can sync up our commentary tracks, and you get your own private RSS feed. It yep. comes in like a podcast every week. Every Friday, you get a commentary track of a match, yep. and we'll be the commentators. Yep, so you can turn down the original sound a bit and listen to us pontificate about the match itself, the context around it, and anything else that comes to mind. Yeah, and I, I know recently we covered a uh, very controversial one, uh, the Sting versus Hogan. Yeah, a couple of weeks back we did Sting and Hogan. We did um, recently also Rick Martel and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, th- there's a whole host of matches on there. We did the Mega Maniacs yes. versus uh, IRS and DiBiase. It's, it's a unique pick. Right now we've been leaning towards WrestleMania. Most recently, uh, Triple H versus Undertaker from WrestleMania 17 just I came like out. I like that match a lot. On Friday. So that's a $2 tier. And Quinn, there's even a step up from that, the $3 tier. Yes, the $3 tier, the top tier. Every month, you'll get a live review, video live review Mm -hmm. with WWF 1982. We're covering the WWF through that year, and Vince McMahon Sr. sells the company to his son, Vince McMahon Jr. Mm -hmm. You know, history is made, as they say. Yep, that's right. Right now, we're in May of 1982. It's not very good. No, not yet. Things Um, are happening. We're building up to something. So you'll, you'll see. We'll see. So that's our Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to donate, you are more than welcome to. And a few more things. Obviously, we've been doing the Hall of Fame bites every single Thursday from now until WrestleMania. Keep checking out every single Thursday for those on this normal podcast feed and on our YouTube channel. And I also want to mention that the weekend of WrestleMania, likely that Friday, mm-hmm. Scott Keith will be joining us for the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WrestleMania. Yes. Check your local listings for big, that. Big one. Very big one coming up. You don't want to miss that one. Quinn, we've been doing the wrestling butterfly effect for our first segment for this season here. Mm-hmm. And you get to pick this week. So what do you want to do? This is where we rebook or theorize what might have happened if something in wrestling's history went differently. Quinn, what do you got for us this week? 
Well, this week, uh, the butterfly effect, I have a crazy one for you. Crazy. I don't think anyone really thinks about this. Okay, what do we got? What would happen if Andre the Giant won at WrestleMania 3 rather than lost? Ultimania is over. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Now, very quick context, if you uh, if you haven't heard of this, I'm sure you will, but Hogan versus Andre at WrestleMania 3, March of 1987 from the Pontiac Silverdome, was at that time and historically one of the biggest wrestling matches ever. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no doubt about it. Terms the of, biggest wrestling match of all time. In terms of fan interest, uh, hype, and stature, iconic stature. Yeah. Hogan had been the champion for three years, which is a long time. It's a long time to be the champion. Three years to be a champion. It's a long time. He obviously defeated Andre the Giant there at WrestleMania 3 and went on to cement his legacy as Andre continued the feud for a bit, but started the, to fizzle out as the 80s came to an end and the 90s started. Mm-hmm. But the question Quinn asks is, what, well, what would have happened if Andre won? And I assume, Quinn, you don't mean the fake... Hogan wasn't sure if Andre would let him win or some shit, right? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that bullshit story. I had no idea what was really going to happen. You mean if Andre was booked to win? Booked to win. Now, how? first of all, I think there's some steps here before we get to the if Andre won. Sure. How do they do it, first of all? Um, I think we should talk about that because in the match itself, there is a close pinfall that's disputed or something yes, that yes. They, that leads to like Survivor Series. Yeah. And then, and then and, the and eventual rematch. rematch. Yeah. And what Quinn's uh, referring to there is uh, Hogan barely kicks out at two, which I don't think was planned, but they right. later used that. They as used it. Yeah. Storyline, which was great. First slam. Oh, he almost got him up. Oh, oh he collapsed. One, two. Two count two over. Count. Was that two or was that three? Two count only. Ooh, that was close, Gorilla. And that was in the opening moments of the match. So do you think Andre just beats him like that? That sucks. You can't do that. No, no. What, I, what I'm asking is the match happens as is, but Andre's declared the eventual winner because it's like a dusty finish and the next day or the next thing at superstars or wherever the fuck you know jack tunney goes never fucking again will there be like (laughs) you know a close count and andre the giant's the champion i don't know if that's a good way to go i think you piss off a lot of people that way what if andre just wins clean hogan almost beats him but andre wins what do you think of that maybe he goes on the second um body slam it it, his back completely gives out and that's it yeah because allegedly hogan you know tore every muscle on his back and andre weighed 1100 pounds at that and when i turned him it's you know tore my back and tore my bicep it tore my delt in three places no one was sure if andre (laughs) these are all tall tales but very tall tales from a paul hogan bunion over there (laughs) but in terms of let's just say andre in my opinion, anyway, right? They they have their 12-minute match the same way, mm-hmm. but Andre just wins. Okay. Barely, but he wins, right? Right, right. First of all, I can't see that happening, but we're going to, let's make believe it does, right? Well, here's a better scenario, maybe, because knowing Hogan, right? Yeah. He would never, ever let himself just lose clean to Andre the Giant, even. I think if there's one person in 1987 that Hogan would lose clean to, it would be Andre. Okay. Because of the respect for the man and his legacy already. But if we're booking a year here, we have to yeah. have, like, a reason why Hogan needs okay. to chase, right? So, and so, so, what if Bobby the Brain Heenan had some interference? Some interference. Right. So, okay. Let's let's start backwards then. Yeah. What's the end game of having Hogan lose to Andre? Is that he chases for a, about a year and wins it back maybe at WrestleMania 4 or something. Or on the main yeah. event. Yeah. It, it gets reversed, right? Right, And yeah. Hogan wins on the main event. Yeah. 
and then eventually, and maybe there's still some chicanery, and the title gets vacated in '88, and Savage wins it. Right. Right. Yeah. So history doesn't change, is what you're saying? Yeah. It's on just that this end? year changes. Okay. So the booking of like from WrestleMania three to WrestleMania four, give or take, right, right. through the summer, mm-hmm. and still do the Mega Bucks feud and all that. Yep. I don't. I think an interesting way to do it is, like you said, have Bobby involved because Andre can't talk. Right. <laughs> so you can't really have Andre representing himself entirely yeah. in this feud. Right, right. So for Hogan to be pissed off at Bobby, right, that works because Bobby's got a whole family right. that can antagonize Hogan and keep him away from Andre all year. So I think I got to finish here. Okay, what do you got? For the match yep. at, at three. Sure. Hogan goes for the second body slam, but this time Bobby sees his meal ticket falling holds Hogan's legs, just like with the Rick Rude thing. Uh, oh, that they use at five with and the that's, Warrior. And that's why he loses, because you have the weight of Andre, okay. and you have Bobby holding his feet, so now he has no leverage to press out of the 500, 600 pounds, right. or whatever the hell he weighs. Hogan, quote-unquote, loses via clean pinfall, but it's not really clean. Right. So he doesn't lose much credibility. That way the feud can continue. The feud continues. Now, you got to remember one thing. In real life, Andre the Giant was very much deteriorating by this point right. physically. And in fact, he wore a back brace at WrestleMania 3. So how do we keep Andre from wrestling much? What does Hogan do in the meantime throughout 87? Uh, here's the thing. How about um, Bobby now being the manager of the world champion? Knowing Bobby, he would use every trick in the book so that Andre would never have to defend it to him again uh, against against Hogan, right? So you cover for Andre's real-life lim- limited... Uh, wrestling ability at that yeah, point. Yeah, anytime Andre has to wrestle for most of the year, it's against jobbers, and it's like, you know, like, it, and, and he's, and Bobby's saying, look, it's a title defense. Right, like, okay. The, the, see, like, blah, 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 right? Right, this man has wrestled on television, you know, but more than Hogan did, yeah, whatever, maybe right? maybe Tony makes him along the way wrestle some sort of threats, but nobody's really a threat to Andre other than Hogan, so like, okay. you know, like, I'm Hercules, I don't sure. know, somebody, like... And we keep Hogan busy maybe fighting guys like Harley Race, Hercules and shit like that. Right, so here's the thing, is I think not only should Hogan have to go through the Heenan family, Yep. but what if Bobby says he has to start right at the bottom, so Hogan facing jobbers and shit. Now, would it, Hogan do this in real in life, the, though, Quinn? I, he didn't it, wrestle on TV on some much. Superstars tapings, Sometimes. if they booked just, like, two or three-minute squashes, like, where he has to you know, fight people, build so his way like, back up. Maybe if he get, did a couple of TVs here and there, but he wrestled a few times on them, so it spread out over yeah, the course of yeah. a couple of months. Right. That's probably, he'd probably do that, I would right. think. Okay. Let's keep going with the booking, and then I just want to talk about business implications, too. Okay, There's sure, two sure. sides to this. So on the booking end, that makes sense. It's not too far fetch. See, one of the things, folks, is when you, when you rebook things, you can't take 90s and 2000s booking sensibilities back in time with you. Yeah, but and I, I think, think we're we're okay. We're being fair here. I think it's Hogan working his way back up, chasing, yeah. and then finally getting his big title shot. I guess at the main right. I say the main event. Is the main event. Happened. Yeah, right. And but and they they still have the Survivor Series confrontation. I'd say, and you still hype it as the first meeting of them since WrestleMania three. Right, and, and you can pair that with Hogan's um, going up the ladder. Right, right? finally. All right, he's going to be at least be in the same ring as maybe Andre. have him pin Andre in the uh, Survivor Series. Maybe, or I say, maybe it's the same ending. And that even builds more heat. Like, oh shit, can Hogan even beat this guy? Yeah. Might be able to okay, do that too. You know what? Here's the thing. All this really, what it sounds like is it's setting up for a steel cage match where Bobby can't get the fuck in and do the same bullshit. 
You know, and that's funny, Quinn, because they yeah. did have a steel cage match, but it was at WrestleFest 88 when the feud was already like on its last legs. Right. And Alfred, I know you are excited about the steel cage match featuring Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Maybe you do it earlier. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is the main event is a steel cage match, right? Yeah. Uh, in February of 88. And maybe the chicanery there is, you know, they could use Danny Davis or some shit. I don't know. Is he still wrapped by still then? Occur- but no, no, he's he's not firmly okay, a member of the Hart Foundation. No, I was just going to say, like, you could do something where Hogan clearly gets out of the cage first. The or- yeah, they'd already done the Orndorff finish. Yeah, but just have it be questionable in some way. But okay. like, really, it's not to the the person with eyes. Okay, like that kind of finish. Right, like, right. no, Hogan fucking won. Right, like, right. It's like so. Then, then what happens there? That's where the title gets vacated, tournament, and there okay. you go. So Hogan doesn't win it back. He does, but he doesn't. Okay, so he doesn't lose. The whole point of all of this is Hogan never really loses face, right? Because you got to remember one of the things. I guess we'll talk about the business end of it now. It's a good, good thought-provoking topic though Quinn because this doesn't get talked about much outside of the joke that nobody knew if Andre would lose but of course he would lose you know I think overall in turn some of the consequences of this if we're going to business and stuff I think Wrestlemania 5 would have been a way bigger deal when Hogan regains the title back from Savage yes because it's going to be Savage anyway you're saying right because now he's been off the title for two years and people are like clamoring for Hogan. He's been in this chase. He keeps getting screwed. It's two years too long. I don't think so. I, I really don't. Be. I don't know. It's really a lot of stuff is hard to judge in hindsight. So this is like we're treading on delicate ice here. Hulk Hogan didn't need the belt, Joe. By, kn- by 88, he didn't. You're yeah. right. But the thing is, I feel like part of the reason why he didn't by 88 is because he had beaten Andre at WrestleMania 3. Yeah, I think that, and again, I wasn't there. You know, I was two years old, not even. (laughs) And I wasn't a wrestling fan. Yeah. I don't know if one of the reasons, and you folks at home, that this is where you guys come into play. Let us know on our Facebook group or Twitter Mm -hmm. or email us where you guys come into play that were there. What did Hogan beating Andre really cement his legacy that much, or is that a retcon? Yeah, was he cement? I I always and that's an honest question. Yeah, because I I look at the pops he's getting. I feel like he's cemented before the Andre match even happens. So do you think it's a bit of um, dusting and and revisionist history? I think it's a it's a nice bookend that looks nice on paper. Okay, like to be honest. Even if he had lost, he's still Hulk Hogan. He's still the the man. Yeah, it it would have been so much cooler when he beats the Macho Man a year later because you know. He he maybe he finally defeats Andre in the tournament match. Okay, right, yeah. right, or, or or whatever. But yeah. one way or another, he doesn't win the title back until he beats Savage. Right. So Hogan's eighty eight after vanquishing Andre is he he and Savage have an alliance. They're still the Mega Powers. They team up to fight the Mega Bucks. Yeah, all of that happens as normal. You're saying. Yeah. The only difference is that Hogan hadn't. Um, Hogan wins his his tournament match. Maybe gets screwed later in the tournament by an upset Bobby or something. Right. Maybe or by like, DiBiase, and yeah. that's why the Mega Bucks feud yeah. works really well. Right. Exactly. Something like yeah. that. I think that works. I just don't know. And this is where we legitimately we need your feedback, folks. You guys that were there or that do know more than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to ask Match <laughs> right. Meltzer, but did Hogan really need that win against Andre at WrestleMania three? Yeah, you, you might be onto something when maybe he didn't. And I think he could have easily had it at four in the tournament clean. It could have made that whole tournament match way more important. It's like Hogan just beats him. Right. No so, questions hmm. asked. It's a very tough, thought-provoking question. Does Does Andre winning diminish Hogan's legacy Yeah, at all? Or his build or his momentum, as they like to say. 
I don't know. Yeah. I think one way or another, the Hogan-Andre feud was still their big ticket feud to carry them to WrestleMania 4. No shit, Sherlock. Right? Unquestionably. Either way, they're going to get there. It's just some different things are going to happen, but it'd be the same shit. Hogan did lose to Andre at one point in February of 88. You're saying just flip that around. Yeah. Have Andre win the first confrontation instead. Yeah. That's good. That's true because like Hogan losing under dubious circumstances in 88 didn't diminish anything. Yeah, it didn't. But was that because he was already built as from the his, guy who beat Andre the Giant? That, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. This is sticky in a good way. Like this yeah. is this is juicy. You it's know a lot I mean? to is, work with, and I hmm. think our boards are going to have fun with it. This, this is fun this to week. Oh, this is fun to sink your teeth into. Well, Quinn, I think that about does it for my speculation. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I'd be curious to see what some of the reordering of that would be by our fans. Right? Yeah. Maybe there's different times when you do it. Maybe not let it go as long. Something right. like that. Right. Or or are we stupid and just have you know have Hogan win? I mean, I don't know. I think. It's a great question, and I want you guys to sink your teeth into it and let us know. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or let us know on Facebook. Great question, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Great butterfly effect. Right. I think ultimately, though, the way to go was still that Hogan-Savage feud was their 89 right. main event, regardless, and keep Hogan-Andre as their like simmering thing throughout 87 into 88. Yeah. That works one way or another. It's just a question of who gets that. Does it work if Hogan loses that match at WrestleMania 3? That is a damn good question. And uh, folks, we want to hear from you. Let us know. But when we come back, we're continuing this WrestleMania-centric episode with a very different Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Back after this. You want to talk about the final chapter? I'll be glad to talk about the final chapter. The final chapter in the life and history and career of Hulk Hogan. See, because it's over, Hogan. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. You had three good years. You can't laugh at that. You were lucky. You made some money. You got a cartoon. You got some dolls. You rode good. You had it good. But you know you can't beat this man. Toughest man in the world. Nobody can beat this man. You think with all that blonde hair and a bunch of little hulksters out there and behind you, you ripping that t-shirt off and shaking in your pythons, you think you can beat him, dummy? It can't be done by you, 10 guys like you, or 100 people like you. This is the next heavyweight champion of the world. Get ready to swallow it, Hogan. It's all over. Andre, what about that that final lesson? You don't understand, do you, dummy? I do the talking. I'll conduct these interviews here if you don't mind. Oh, maybe I will conduct them. How do you like that? Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here on Monday, March 26, 2018. Got a very WrestleMania-themed episode or two down the pike here, Quinn. Mm -hmm. This week, next week. Yes, definitely. And the recovery show, of course, in two weeks with Don Rizzo. Well, well, tis the season, right? Tis the season. This is our Christmas, basically. And uh, this is like the the countdown, you know, the Christmas spirit here. But in the WrestleMania spirit, Quinn, uh, I've picked our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley this week. Yes. By the way, folks, we will get back to your suggestions after WrestleMania. We're just, we're doing our our little planning here, you know, Quinn and I. We're a little busy right now. Like, there's a lot going on with the Hall of Fame bites and stuff. And and we want to kind of keep the show focused for a couple weeks. And, you know, once we get past it, you know, April 8th or whenever the hell WrestleMania is. The grab bag comes back, don't worry. Yeah. 
weird reviews of, of yeah. shows that we, we've never seen or heard of before. Yeah, exactly. Your topics and stuff. But right now, Quinn, it's time for Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we have put, and we're going to continue to put, four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst are going to go down into the desert of Death Valley. And Quinn, I'm going to pick today the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... WrestleMania Venues. Interesting one. Interesting one. We did the celebrities, right? Yep. That was a fun one. I want to do venues. Okay. WrestleMania, where it takes place, is now for, what, 12 years now? A while. Always in a big stadium. Gigantic thing. 80, 90,000 people, allegedly. It wasn't always like that. To be fair, of the time, 20,000 seat arenas were considered pretty large pretty big, for right? wrestling. For yeah. wrestling, yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, in that in that period of time. Right. And there's been some really iconic places where it's taken place. There's been some not so interesting places where WrestleMania has taken place. And mm-hmm. I would argue that a little bit of the enjoyment of WrestleMania, not a lot, but some of it, has to do with where it's taking place and the presentation around, the ambiance, right. if yeah. you will. right. Quinn, since I had the pick, literally, I picked this one. Why don't you take the stick? I'm actually going to start with one I'm just fond of, and they reused about three times. Okay. Um, Madison Square Garden. It, you, yeah. It's the original, right? It's like, to me, that's where WrestleMania started. Yep. It's the home. Yep. And I want to make a point about it because I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they won't go back there because they're in like, we only yeah. seat like 90,000 people anymore. From a money standpoint, from an avarice standpoint, I do understand you got to make that money. And if you can, you don't turn down 60,000 additional tickets. Listen, I, I the get New, it. The New York area, I there's know. a lot of shit to suck your mind. <laughs> like, I, we live by there, Joe. Everything is expensive. They will more than make their money back. You're Trust right me. about that. I, With I, all the ancillary shows, the NXTs, and all the bullshit, the access, and everything's like triple the price it is around the rest of the country like plus you can you can fill up the theater at msg you know the right. par- it used to be called there's Paramount. so many things to up. make extra money yes. that, and don't require a lot of effort it's ridiculous i'll agree with like, you there uh wrestlemania and msg to me go hand in hand much in the same way wwf and msg do right the first wrestlemania march 31st 85 was there welcome everyone gorilla monsoon here at ringside with my colleague jesse the body ventura they returned for WrestleMania 10 in March of 1994. And welcome to WrestleMania 10! They returned again at WrestleMania 20 right. in uh, 2004. 20 years ago, one man had a vision. The World Bodybuilding Federation! It's the most memorable arena of all the WrestleMania arenas. And I might, I have no qualms about that one whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it started it, and 10 is a classic. And 20 good, too. 20 great. I know Voldemort wins, but yeah. like they kind of write that off like it never happened. But 20s where John Cena got his start. His big stage, you know, his yeah. big show in the opener, winning yeah. the U.S. title from him. Right. It's a great WrestleMania. Um, the Rock and Sock Connection return, re- return yeah. there. I love MSG as it is, because the New York crowd speaks near and dear to my heart. We're only about 40 minutes away from the island of Manhattan as it is, right? Yeah been to MSG ourselves for WWF shows. Right. And even though they were running MSG monthly in 85, you know, and, and mm-hmm. WrestleMania was two weeks after a regular house show. Yeah, it was just literally. a glorified house show. And they continued to run MSG monthly for many years to follow and televised house shows. The fact that they did the first one at Madison Square Garden and then returned twice 
every 10 years and didn't for 30, like you said. But man, MSG just has that gritty New York crowd feel to it. Well, not pretty looking. Well, the thing with MSG too is it's built in a certain way where its entrance is unique to MSG. That, it's true. That down the center, down the center thing, and it's short. Yeah, it's short. Um, like if you were to ever return there, I think your aim would be to kind of recreate that that feel. I think so. Instead of having a stupidly large entrance that takes up all the space in an arena that you're complaining that you don't have enough space for more people. Right. Let's go make a big freaking set. <laughs> like it's like no, you idiots. Like you have the most like iconic like I know. The background is the set thing. And I know. like just use it. Like, There's just something intimate, but yeah. also very um, regal and elegant about MSG. Right. And the crowd and the ambiance. It's just got great acoustics. There's a lot to it. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's a Quite simply, it's the the perfect, like, old school style WrestleMania arena. Absolutely. And I'm going to volley because I like to vo- You know, we like sure, to go sure. back and forth. I got to give uh, Pontiac, Michigan, the of Silver course, Dome. Yeah. WrestleMania 3, March 29th, 87. The match we just discussed, you know, took right. place there. And, uh... You know, WrestleMania 3, that was the first one where they went to a giant stadium. Right. So, as whereas MSG is the pattern for most of the 20,000-seat stadiums, Pontiac Silverdome's the pattern for the mega stadiums, right? It's, Absolutely. It's how you do WrestleMania in the mega stadium. And welcome to WrestleMania 3! It was the template, the precedent. Yeah. They did it several times, but not regularly until the, the 2000s. I want to say now they've done more big stadiums than they've done normal size stadiums. You're probably right about that at this yeah. point, or at least it's close. Uh, WrestleMania 3 was the biggest stadium they had run for years. Right. Wow, for years, that Only was the biggest one. Finally eclipsed, like, what, two years ago yeah. at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium? Yes, exactly. And it was just a, a mega feel to it, whereas the intimacy of MSG and the um, men's room of, of WrestleMania two, you know, those yeah. three locations. We'll get to them later. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania three had that big feeling. I love the way the light seeped in for the first half of the show. Yep. And then it, it gets darker later dark for Savage Steamboat. I think it was. Yeah. What I, the way I remember it is it's completely dark by the time the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov yeah. match. Yep. Right. Be, which is right before the Hogan match. Yes, it is. And it just added that like, um, that like all right well the the hour is near you yeah. know Hogan and Andre are coming this yeah. is the big feel to it and of course who could forget the uh, as they call them the motorized carts which is really a guy driving a forklift with a platform on it yeah well, it made him look nice actually it looked it, awesome yeah they made him look cool and I think the reason they did that was because there was no way Andre was making that walk it wasn't just that I've okay. I've heard on another WrestleMania special that had something to do with entrance time they felt that uh, it that's would, true that if every single guy came down the long ass entrance it would take forever which they're like, right about yeah not everyone can run down the aisle at that right. point you know yeah and it worked out nice for Andre especially right and, so and Hogan not having the cart and doing that long ass Hogan entrance I think even Savage and Steamboat played into it because when Savage loses at the end he's crying as he's being driven oh, away yeah, man. and as he as, as Steamboat won like George Animal Steel's like holding him and I remember he's kind of like hanging out of the cart with I the Intercontinental title like yeah that's right and yeah. then even Bobby like it in despair on the way back right yeah right? remember yeah, that they, they use the cart as like a storyline thing they do and then Andre waving like like he's a big face yeah. on the way there remember yeah, that like, he's like, like nothing's a, changed like he's the king or yeah. something hi there hi there everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man. I, I don't think 
anything would knock off either of these. I agree. It's just a matter of which goes first. And mm-hmm. I feel like just out of the tip of the cap, because it was the first one, I would MSG. put MSG on first <laughs> yeah. and then the Silverdome. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like that order, right? I think so. Just because like MSG was the first one. Right. And they ran it three times and it made sense the three times that they ran it. Mm-hmm. And then the Silverdome, there's no way that's getting knocked no, off, right? those are the two. All right, so let's... I, I'm just going to say no particular order, but whatever. Yeah, let's just put them both on. So, double induction, got to play the sound twice. So, MSG yep. and the Silverdome, back-to-back. Here's MSG. And the Silverdome. What do you got, Mr. Quinn? One that comes to mind is the Sky Dome for yes. WrestleMania 6. Absolutely. The Sky Dome was awesome. Why do you think that? It looked unique for the time, it did. especially at 6. Um, I know, don't they? Do they return to Sky Dome? Yeah, yeah for, 18. For, for 18. Mm-hmm. Um, by that point, it's an older arena. Yeah. But at 6, I love that video board that's like a horizontal long yes. thing in the back. It looks like a giant LED TV. It's not, but, but it looks but like it. But it's way longer. It's like, very long, yes. Yeah, it's longer. It, the aspect ratio is not like 16 by 9 or anything. I don't anything. know what like, it is. Yeah, it's some weird shit. 32-4. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm joking. But the point is, is that there's that unique part. Yep. It has room for the carts. Yeah, so there's like, carts again. It's like a new age version of the carts thing. They, the carts return. Yep. And it's very like I know it sounds really weird, but it's mm. very like blue or something the way it's decorated because I guess is. Toronto Blue Jays are there. Maybe um, it, it, there's just something like bright about it. It's it, the lighting works in that place. Yeah, it looks awesome. Like the just the overall feel of it is really nice. Yeah, like you said, the carts. It was brand new. I think it had just opened in '89. What's odd about it is it's a very large seat arena, sixty thousand. But for some reason. It feels intimate still. Like yes, it, it does. still feels like it's MSG sort of. Like it's a weird hybrid. That's a really good point. And the crowd, especially at six, but I mean definitely eighteen is for, for Rock Hogan. The crowd being I would assume mostly a Canadian crowd, I'm sure a yeah. lot of United States fans. The crowd is great. Yeah. At six and eighteen. It's almost like they're a team out there. Right. Yeah, you know, they do the wave together right. and like <laughs> yeah. you got the you got the way the the ground floor seats, it feels like a, a happening gorilla. Right. Like, you know, I'm just I'm <laughs> kidding, but you know, it feels like a happening down there. You kinda it doesn't seem like people are sitting in seats. It looks like they're wandering around, mingling with each other. Well, they're getting their groceries. Because especially, I noticed the stupid, yeah, the <laughs> stupid guys with the uh, warrior paint with the yeah. suits. <laughs> yes. but like, yeah, like there, there's just, I don't know. There's like a wandering aspect yeah. to it. I, I don't know. It, there's just uniqueness about it. I know uh, Jesse comments how there's a hotel in the sky dome, and like, and even even the booth up top looks yep. unique. Like, yeah, we're gorilla and Jesse are just perfect in the sky dome you know that's a good point sky dome is one that i am a big fan of i also want to give as i i strongly consider sky dome and i'm yeah. sure it'll make it i really want to give some hard props to the hoosier dome as well while we're talking excellent, domes. excellent one um, love it you know what the problem with it is what? it feels like the silver dome light edition it does it's smaller it, it's almost the same thing like it has that same kind of ceiling yeah it does it's the same same type of a dome there. Yeah. Now the silver, the um, Hoosier Dome, folks, was for WrestleMania eight, mm-hmm. April of nineteen ninety two. It was six sixty two thousand is in the announced attendance. Still very impressive. Right. Right. And it had the same thing with the light to dark as right. the show went on. Mm-hmm. 
by the main event, Hogan said it was dark. No carts. No yeah, carts no, at no WrestleMania carts at 8. All, yeah. They're like, fuck that. We don't need the carts. I wanted to give it an honorable mention. I don't think the Hoosier Dome would make it, but I think right. I think the Sky Dome has got a good shot. Can you think of anything that that's in contention? One that I think of just because they made it look so good and it was shitty yeah. was Florida Citrus Bowl. You know, that's an interesting point because I thought about that before we recorded this. It looks awesome. And it shouldn't because yeah. it's such a dump. Yeah. But it's almost like you want to give the um, the set designers and the production team props if for that. that's where we're going with this, I mean, that's that's a crazy one to me. And they did that for WrestleMania 24. And didn't they go back there recently? Yeah, I think so. But it might have a different name now. Yeah, but I think they did. Yeah, they went there for 33. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's called Camping World Stadium. <laughs> I guess I got a new sponsor. But the point is, it's like 70,000 people, 75,000 people. It seats a lot of people. Yep. And it has no right looking as good as it does. But it right. looks great. In both occasions, it looked great. Yes, it did. Especially the first time. It was surprising. It's like the first time they did the work. And the yeah. second time they used what they did. And they were like, we know how to set right. design this place. And like they made it just, it looked fantastic. Might be a controversial one. Because I know a lot of people don't like the Citrus Bowl. And I know a lot of people don't like outdoor WrestleManias for some reason. I do. Yeah. I love the open air. And it's light outside. It depends on the outside. I it, guess that's yeah, true. It depends on the outside. The <laughs> Other, the yeah. other one, this one I think trumps actually the Citrus Bowl though, the Astrodome. I freaking love the Astrodome. That was one I was going to bring up. Now the yeah. Astrodome had such a cool look to it at WrestleMania 17, I'm assuming we're yeah. talking about the here. The way the tiled ceiling window thing yes. going on, it, um, it's awesome. And the light seeping in in yeah. the earlier parts of it, right? Right. And then it gets dark as it yeah. does, right? And the crowd is amazing at WrestleMania 17. Yeah. It is has good uh, appropriate acoustics, as I keep saying that, but as a sound guy, I can hear it. Right. You know, you it's can, acceptable. It's I think. acceptable. And the um the crowd is awesome. I mean, it's just it's just loud in there. And it's got a good feel. Props to the X7 set. I love the way that Very looked. Very nice set. Yeah. It looked really cool. It was like the it's like the ultimate form of the Titantron. Like the I way it is, it's like a taller version. It is. It's it's almost like even the set is a cap off to the Attitude Era. Yeah, like you know what I mean. It's yeah. like in a weird way. It's like here's like final form Titan Tron of the nineties. Right. Like here it is. <laughs> good point, Quinn. I I think that one's really good. I think Skydome is the best one of the others that we've mentioned so far, though. Yeah, I think Skydome is an easy three. I think so. But I think Astrodome is definitely might be in the four. It's in spot, the- but I, I we gotta we gotta kind of break down things a little bit here all right you want to put skydome in for three since i think we both agree that it can't yeah get it's, it's off. really nice I, right. I really like the skydome all right so for number three the skydome for wrestlemania 6 and 18 all right quinn i think it's nitty-gritty time what do you think yeah it's definitely nitty-gritty i think some other just you know other ones people might think i know People like the MetLife Stadium, the way that was designed. Yeah, I mean, and we'll maybe be checking that out for ourselves next year, which will be fun. I mean, that's next year, too. But people liked it. I know some people complained, but Mm -hmm. that that was another unique feel. Yeah. I even liked, um, what was the one where um, Seth Rollins came at the very end? AT&T Stadium? AT&T, uh, no, 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 uh, that's uh, not Levi's it. Stadium in Santa Levi's Clara, California. Stadium. That was nice. That, that cool, it was nice. like, 
the way the ramp was like the whole way back. Uh-huh. Like a lot of the newer ones, I'm really I mean, into good. their set design yeah. recently. Um, it, it'd be easy to say, and I can see why people might think like it's homogenized. And to one extent, it is where you can you know what to expect, right? The long aisle, the big stage, but there's still a lot of unique elements, and they try to yeah. bring in a lot of the local flavor. Right. When they were in New Orleans, there was a lot of saints type yeah. of memorabilia Actually, and shit like that. Actually, the, the New Orleans Superdome was really good, the one with yeah. Daniel Bryan. Like, the I re- 30. They knew that this was a big mania for sure. them. Sure it was. And I just love that. That arena, I've watched that WrestleMania a lot. It's the most recent time WrestleMania I've watched, because I think it's, like, one of the best of the last couple years. But, I understand. Um, but, um, I really, like, something feels at home about the uh, Superdome there. I think you're right. I think it's a good feel. Um, Hogan kept calling it the Silverdome, just to note that. WrestleMania 30, right here in the Silverdome. I can't believe I'm the special host here for WrestleMania. And it's no surprise that they're going back so soon here for WrestleMania 34 this this year, actually. They so are. it's apropos we be talking about the Supernome a bit. Yep. Now, I would still probably say, though, uh, I'm pushing Astrodome here. They were mm-hmm. there for 17. They were also there for 24, but like, or whatever, 25. But who cared? Yeah. I forget which. But there, there's one. <laughs> you're, you're not going to. I actually like this. And it's, it's going to probably not. Oh, boy. It might make go. the other side of this. Yeah. But I really like. The look and feel. No, it's not what you think of Trump Plaza. Believe it or not. What? <laughs> now the crowd is terrible. Don't get me wrong. The crowds there are awful. That place is a dump, Joe. Yeah, I know. That, I, it, it, it is, is a it's dump. An absolute it's, dump. It, there's no way. There's this no would, way to defend it. Nope. The carpet looks like it's stained. You know, it's not even supposed to be. It looks like there's a massive fucking pee stain on the floor, Joe. Are you talking about when Brett throws the trophy and then you can see the floor? Yeah. yeah. Well, you could see the floor like even when the there's time. like a yeah, scuttle. Com- yeah. Like, yeah, it's terrible. I just wanted to say that I like it, all right? Yeah. But you're right. It, it's really, really bad. It probably smells like urine and yeah. so- cigar smoke. Like, I swear that they s- that garbage can or whatever that the trophy gets yeah, thrown what at is the floor, that? it looks like an ashtray that gets it, tipped over. I swear. It does. I've always does. thought that. You're absolutely <laughs> right. When Brett throws the trophy and it breaks. But we're getting into like death ashtray, Valley territory. I know. Here, Astrodome is good. I'd say Superdome is very good. It's a very WrestleMania esque, yeah, location, right? That's so tough to me because I really like the Astrodome and I really like the Superdome. Yeah, and again, one of the things about choosing a venue, folks, is you can't. Um, it has nothing to do with the in ring action and what happened. Yeah, it's more like how did it look? How did it look? How did it feel? How yeah. did you feel watching it and hearing it and stuff like that? The overall ambiance. Yeah, and and they're like, both good. Yeah, the the Citrus Bowl is another one. Yeah, because I remember that going off good. the air with the Undertaker winning. I think. I think so. And and they went the Against pyro Hedge. in yeah. that beautiful Florida sky, it like yeah, nice. in the in the night, like uh-huh. it was cool. Like I, that's another one that I think of. I thought Safeco looked cool. At Safeco, for yeah, definitely. I was going to bring up Safeco Mariners. also. But what um, about Ford Field for twenty three? What did you think? Yeah, of that? that was another one. Um, Ford Field. Um, a little more generic. I think the Astrodome covers that like style for some reason. Yeah, I think the Astrodome is it, Quinn. I really do too. I really like the Astrodome. The Astrodome is the Astrodome really good. Is it's almost like a brother to the Sky Dome in the yeah. way it is. Like it's like the right crowd. Right, right, right. It it's been in the modern. It's been in the attitude. It's been uh-huh. in both. Like it, it's kind of it's. It's almost the same thing. Just has a cool, gritty look to it. Gritty, but also like modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Like modern grit. How about that? Yeah. I think that's the one. I think we're both going to keep falling back on that one. Yeah. I think the honorable mentions, though, to the Superdome mm-hmm. and to the Citrus Bowl 
Yeah. You know, and even to um, Safeco and, and stuff like that. I think that's nice that we Safeco mentioned Safeco was a very interesting one. It's, it's it was. Because it's a baseball-shaped stadium. Yes. Like, unlike these, you know, the Astrodome these is are, multi-purpose. Yeah, but like, mainly football. Yeah. Right. Well, it was the Astros field. But, yeah, but it yeah. sucked for yeah. baseball. You know, a lot right. of the multi-purpose is bad for baseball. But multi-purpose is good for wrestling. Absolutely. As as opposed to Safeco's more interesting situation because you have an, a weird shape to yeah. deal with with the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But if you're okay, Quinn, I, I want to go Astrodome. If yeah, you're okay let's with do it. Astrodome. That's one of my favorite ones, too. So Okay, so for number four, the Astrodome. Let me recap for Donnie. We have Madison Square Garden, the Silver Dome, the Sky Dome, and the Astrodome. That's a good list. Yeah, solid. That's Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania venues. And I'm going to give you one of the worst. Sure. It's not what you think. Actually, maybe it is. Hartford, Connecticut. The Hartford yes. Civic Center. WrestleMania 11. The ultimate we have no money arena. Oh, my God. This was horrible because, look, <laughs> look, here's the thing about Connecticut. If you're not from here, people that live near Connecticut and even people that live in it will tell you that it sucks. Yeah. It's not great. No offense to Connecticut. No, no, no. No offense to Connecticut, like the people of Connecticut. It's like not a very nice state. Well, I would say it's sort of nice. Here, but here's the thing: there's the there's the there's like Westport, and so like we've yeah. been in the nice part. It's not pleasant though. You know what I mean? Like people aren't very like nice there. They're it's just bougie. average. And then there's bad parts of it. Yeah. But the problem is, is that like never mind the fact that WWE is in Stamford. That's close enough to New York. Mm-hmm. They tried to portray Hartford, Connecticut, which is not <laughs> as close to New York as this is in the New York metro area. No. And it took place in the Hartford Civic Center with an announced attendant, attendance of 16,000, which is like fine, but I really not, think it was 16,000. No. I don't it, think any of these lo- numbers are really. It didn't but, look like that. But WrestleMania... 11 is the, the like it's all compounded by the fact that not only is it WrestleMania 11 <laughs> it's in Connecticut there's a football player in the main event great great match by the way there's nothing unique about the way it looks and no, that's they, one they of the reasons look and feel is like every other raw or house yeah, show of the time that's the problem with it and that's why I think I want to put it on is because it's not just that it's WrestleMania 11 mm-hmm. it's not just that it's the Lawrence Taylor one yeah it's it doesn't it looks like it could be anything from 95 action yeah. zone yeah it's, like I'm waiting for Jay Strongbow to come out and break up a Tatanka fight <laughs> it looks like something I would watch on a Saturday morning superstars right where like with this Vince is just some Doc. arena. They probably were here for a superstars in the 80s. <laughs> and maybe like, in the 90s even, yeah, you yeah. know? So that's the thing. It's just very un-WrestleMania-like. Yeah, it's of all of them, it's the worst with that. Are we unanimous here? Yeah, very average wow. nothing arena. Like, I don't know why. There's something about it that mm-hmm. screams in your house. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something about it right. that screams Mabel. I can't describe it, but when I think of that WrestleMania and when I watch that WrestleMania, I don't see anything about where they are that says (laughs) WrestleMania. Yeah. Whereas you have a Madison Square Garden or at the domes, you have guys in carts. You know what I mean? It's something unique. (laughs) Something unique, right? At the the later shows, big stage and big decoration. You can tell where they are and it's notable. Right. The Hartford Civic Center is like, no, it's just, it could be anything. The only notable thing about it is that Salt and Pepper are there like off, kind of off to the side, like shittily. Yeah. Which is something that's done at another one that I may bring up later. So. Okay. So I think we are in complete unanimous agreement here. Yeah. 
that Hartford Civic Center for WrestleMania 11 will be our first inductee into Death Valley. Die, die, die. Go ahead, Quinn. What do you got cooking? Interesting one because it had bigger attendance later. It was used in other WrestleManias. Oh, God, no. What? But especially at WrestleMania 2, the Rosemont Horizon looks horrible. It is a shithole. Okay, so the announced attendance at 2 is 9,000 people. Yes. Later on, they they go back at 13. It looks a bit better. But I would say at 2, it's at its worst. It's really bad. There's some weird, like, red carpet that looks like just somebody, like, plopped down. Yeah, like, the feel of WrestleMania 2, especially (laughs) in that portion, Chicago, is weird. Yeah, the red carpet. It just looks like it was thrown together. And not, like, a nice red carpet. It's like a, it's like some shitty, like, somebody cut pieces of cheap carpet and put it around. (laughs) Chet Kopic is the ring announcer. It's Everything is stupid. Ass like, backwards with that I WrestleMania. I that portion. And then for 13, though, Quinn, to, to be fair, it doesn't look any better. A little better because it more WWF-ized. Yeah, I guess. it looks like anything else you would have seen on, on TV Did at the time. Did they ever go back there? I don't think so. I don't think that so. Was it. Like, that was it, right? The Rosemont is not a very nice venue. No. It's fun. Again, it screams in your house or maybe a raw taping. in your house. Like, Rosemont Horizon? In someone's house. Yeah, (laughs) it's just nothing. Maybe not my house. But before I get there with that, I Mm want to nominate another one. No. And Joe's not going to be happy about it. Neither is Pablo Melons. But Caesar's Palace, Why? Why? Uh, What's the problem? We need to talk about Caesar's Palace. This is not getting on, but go ahead. It is a parking lot, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's an actual parking lot. Yes. You commented on this yes, before. Yes, it is. You're right. Um, they dress it up, but it's got to be like the most minor league of okay. anything they've ever done. I am not going to try to say it's one of the best venues. Yeah. Okay. I'm not even going to say it's in the upper echelon in the mm-hmm. top 10 of venues. Right. But I'm going to... <laughs> Try to argue this as cogently and expertly <laughs> as I can and give it my best salvo. Okay. Sure. The fact that they were able to take a parking lot and creatively turn it into a Roman theme with bleachers and columns and a unique look is akin, not as dramatic, but akin to the way they were able to dress up the Citrus Bowl, which is a concrete nothing, yeah. and turn it into something presentable as a WrestleMania. Fair enough. That's why I don't think it should make Death Valley. Now, the attendance that they list does not add up to the location that we're talking about here, a parking lot. What, 16 and change? 16? It doesn't look like 16. It looks at least 10. Listen. It looks at least 10. It looks like Nitro Spring Break. It looks, okay, maybe, but I don't know what those got. I don't know what their attendance was. At like the the nightclub outside. I know what you mean. Yeah. I think legit though i don't know what match has to say about it there's got to be at least like eight to ten there and i don't think in wwe would inflate it up to 16 I, maybe there's 10 maybe there's 10 there's at least 10 maybe there's 10 it there's i just cannot conceivably see that fitting sixteen thousand one hundred, whatever okay. the hell it is i, I won't argue 16, with you thousand eight ninety one. that's more than the los angeles memorial sports coliseum which is an actual arena. Uh, actual arena. I would just say this, though. I can conceivably see there being 10 to 12 there because it looks like there's a lot of people there. And I, I can't put it on Death Valley. I cannot say it's it's good, like, in terms of top Fair. 10. But I think it was worth the mention. I knew you were going to bring it up. Yeah. But it's 
still better than the Hartford Civic Center, and I would argue it's got character. It's better than the Rosemont Horizon. Fair enough to you the know? character. It's got right. character, so we've um, got to give it that. Okay. What else? So, so the next one we, we yeah. need to talk about is, and we mentioned it before, but yeah. the Atlantic City Convention Hall, I, yeah, Trump okay. Plaza, whatever the fuck they were calling it back then. As much as I... I like the feel of those WrestleManias. You gotta admit, it looks like cocaine. Yeah, it's a it looks like piss. It looks like just grown men are farting all over that place. It's it's slapping women's asses. Like to me, it looks like the epitome of 1980s Reaganomics excess. You know what I mean? Ronald Reagan, the actor. So this has everything to do with Trump. In this case, it's huge. Best WrestleMania ever. This is. A Trump trademark of a cheap ass, just well, trying to make a buck type of it is type. He sort of redid this old convention well, hall. Here's the thing that I want to make clear about this before yeah. someone calls us out on it. Yeah, is that it was called Trump Plaza. This is actually not part of Trump Plaza. He was the sponsor for WrestleMania, so they put it under his name. Okay, it's actually the Atlantic City Convention Hall or right. Boardwalk Hall. Right, but Trump. Promoted his events there. Right. He promoted boxing there, if I recall, too. Yeah, Tyson beat up Michael Spinks there. I'm just saying, as a, for not a political, from no, a I know. real estate perspective <laughs> of how Donald Trump operates. Sure. This reeks of Trump. This and this urine also shit yes. like that like he just puts you know slaps his name on and all of a sudden it's better it's awkward like man. it's weird and it's the, awkward. the floor looks like pee it, it does it, no like, it really does look like there's just crumbs all over the place you know <laughs> like I said the ashtray <laughs> yeah. and like holding up the trophy I cannot imagine sitting in that sweat box for this stuff I just <laughs> the people there like the clientele. Yeah, it just I mean, does not work. It's an overall horrible place. It, the only reason I even have fond memories of either of those WrestleManias is the commentary team saves it. And you can hear the yo's. Well, yeah, they Gorilla try to make Jess, man. so the way they position it yeah. is like there's somehow a casino connected to this, right? Like, yeah, they try to you know the theme is like the, the gambling, uh, the gambling with the because the, the cool tor- theme. The tournament is almost like. I remember in four they show a slot machine, mm-hmm. and it's almost like anyone can win this tournament. It's a complete gamble. Like the the, the whole gambling motif. Then it was a real gamble. It's just bad, and it needs to go in, Joe. Really, it's that bad. It's got character. I didn't it's, say it was good character. It's got character, but in the <laughs> sleaziest possible way. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to rule it out, but I do want to put the Rosemont in first if we're gonna do that because the Rosemont has no character. Yeah, the Rosemont sucks. The Rosemont's a half a step better than Hartford Civic Center, but that's okay. about it. Sure. I think the Rosemont stinks. Yeah. All right. So for number two, WrestleMania two and thirteens, Chicago Rosemont Horizon. Die, die, die. And at any point, I must mention, if you agree or disagree, let us know your picks for the best and worst. You can do that by reaching us on the Twitter. You can email us or, of course, join the group and let us know. All right, Quinn. So we've got Harford Civic Center. We've got Rosemont. I want to put another one up for consideration. And forget what happened in the main event, because I know you love what happened there, but I hate the Arrowhead Pond. I think it's another characterless one. Oh, yes. And actually, I was going to bring up the Arrowhead Pond. I think this is lumped together in... So there's a couple like this. The Arrowhead Pond, the Mm -hmm. Fleet Center, First Union Center. Yes. Like all around that time period. Literally from the Hartford Civic Center at 11 
until up to, up to X, 17 up yeah 16 or 2000 is, is also, the last one where it's like what the fuck like yeah these are just in your house arenas so i guess it's a good time to run that down real quick so obviously yeah. we covered hartford the arrowhead pond hosted 12 and 2000 yeah which is 16 okay mm-hmm. well, 2000 Ar- is better it's I'll better get, yeah but the problem with the arrowhead pond is it's another characterless arena yeah there's nothing unique about just it some multi-purpose they probably run house shows at it now absolutely like, right it's just in anaheim california right just very generic like it's in la whatever the crowd not very good or the acoustics maybe you're not I very good i think it's good. more of an acoustic it thing because be. you have to remember this period that we're talking about with these uh generic arenas is a very hot time uh-huh it is um i i just think they're just shitty places i think it's just a shitty place to hold a wrestling event right yeah so that's 12 and 16 now i would say we covered rosemont for 13 i would say the fleet center is better than all the other ones sort of it's it's okay i mean okay so back to that whole you know how salt and pepper was on the side yes for the the fleet center for 14 they had the dx <laughs> Band on the side. It's the same fucking setup, yeah. Joe. It's not much better. No, it's not great. Like, I know Boston fans will be like, that was such a memorable WrestleMania, but the place wasn't great. It was just, you know, I know. It's like the Meadowlands or something. Like, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. Not, not the not the football you stadium. You mean the Brendan Burn Arena? The Brendan Burn Arena. <laughs> it's just it. like some generic it's ass a, generic shit. It like, is the. You're right. I'm not gonna. And maybe Petey or Crockett have been there and they can say you know firsthand experience. But on television, it doesn't really come across as impressive. No, the crowd though in Boston for fourteen was great. great. No, fine crowd, no problem with the crowd. But the uh, actual ambiance, yeah, it's not amazing or yeah. anything. And then the first Union Center is very nondescript. That's Philly's. Uh, it's I believe the Wells Fargo Center now. Yeah, that's again, nondescript. It fits a bit more people than most of these. About actually, twenty thousand. Yeah, yep. And that's like the sequel to the Spectrum. Basically, yeah. it's the second Spectrum. Yeah, it was okay, but again, not great. okay, not great. Yep. Indescript. Um, I, I would say though, any of these could make it, but I think. The crowd is what's going to save any of these from Death Valley. Yeah, and I think Arrowhead has the worst. The worst? Yes. You know? Arrowhead, I, 2000 wasn't that bad of a crowd. I don't remember too it being bad. poor or anything. No, but, they uh, might have tw- like redeemed themselves slightly there. Yeah, but if one of the reasons something was on Rushmore was because it was so unique and so fitting and felt like a WrestleMania, had character, had elements that just made you, you stand up and look, or you could recognize the show you're watching, you know what I mean, yeah. based on an element of the surroundings well hartford rosemont and arrowhead to me have almost jack shit to offer in that territory yeah however though we yeah. we did say that the trump plaza i know or uh, atlantic city convention hall but that's why that'll be a nitty-gritty talk there with with trump because i think i think of hartford rosemont and arrowhead those are all the most banal characterless just yeah. like milk toast boring rice yeah. cake yeah trump plaza is a different animal a different because, type of bad yeah, right yeah it's a different type of bad so all right so why don't you want to put arrowhead on and then we'll debate our final picture sure, sure so for number three the arrowhead pond die 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 okay now before we get into a discussion here i have to say the Staples center for 21 not great. They do SummerSlam there not a lot great, now. Not, not great. Not bad either, though. Not bad. I think the Staples Center is a pretty decent, nice arena. I, I've it's never okay. really... Again, indescript... That's not a word! But no bad qualities. The fan base seems uh, positive. Right. Any Anything in the Staples Center, but it seems like the fans are really into it. Absolutely. Um, The fact that it's connected with the Lakers, I think, mm. has always made it sort of like... I. Pr- 
the most premiere you're going to get out of these 20,000 right. seat arena. Okay. Like it, it seems like a, a decent facility. Um, that's fair. And sure. I haven't been there. I don't know what the bathrooms and stuff like that's <laughs> like, but like on TV, it yeah. never seemed like a piss poor like situation. Right. But speaking of piss, we have the Trump Plaza in consideration. Right. We also, I want to just throw it out there. I don't have a major problem with it, but maybe you do. What do you think of the LA sports arena? <laughs> for if, for the record, they use it for two, two and seven. This is a weird case because, especially for the seven. So the seven was supposed to be at the um, <laughs> the uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum, which is a enormous place. Um, uh, yeah, that was it's the one, in a very old building. Very too. old building. That's the one that they were hyping all the way back as far as WrestleMania six. Yeah, please come to this show. Hundred thousand people. Yeah. They never did it. No, not even close. And they they finally broke their hundred thousand barrier with the um, Dallas Cowboy allegedly. Thing, anyway, yeah. yeah, but the thing about seven, right? It's characterless, but crowd. Awesome. Yes. I, it, crowd saves it. I think you're getting that Staples Center crowd in that place is, what, is what's, what's happening. Yeah. Because that Staples Center, again, the crowds were always positive in there. And, you yeah. know, same here with the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Coliseum. Even, or arena, mm-hmm. even at two, mm-hmm. it's the most hyped up crowd portion. Yeah, NASA's okay. NASA's okay. They even had enough of it. But, I mean, these people are flipping the fuck out about Hogan Hulk Hogan is, yeah. and Bundy uh-huh. and Elvira's there. And oh my god, bud! It seems like the happiest portion of the show. It does. Uh, who goes to a baseball game to sit in a seat? You'll have bigger, more comfortable, beautiful seats. Oh, you'll, have, you'll have food. Who goes closet. to a ballpark to sit in a seat? I would say the crowds for um, LA Sports, yeah. they save it. But WrestleMania 7 had every right to look like a piece of shit visually. It was... Ha- put together at the last second i mean yeah and they tried to dress it up with the bunting you know the red white and blue bunting you i know, thought that was good i thought it was great. nice it looked great it has a, enough of a unique look to it yep it just makes it i think and it's it just barely saves itself yeah i i agree so let's nail it down here quinn i think i think is unique as trump plaza looks i think it's a bad fit i think it's a square peg in a round hole yep I think it, that's the problem. It's it's unique qualities are what undoes it. Right. Um, as opposed to most of them where the unique qualities um, can save an arena. Right. Correct. But like, the gaudiness right. of the Trump style, because, I mean, he definitely had to have some hand in because he's the he's the real estate guy. Right. Yes. Even if he's taking this place, uh-huh. it has Trump written all over it. Right. And, and, and in terms of the fit. Right. Yeah. I think gin is a very good, you know, spirit, right? It's a good alcohol. Yeah. And I think Coca-Cola is a very good drink. And you can make very good mixers with Coke and, and whiskey. And you can put gin in, in tonic, right? Right. But when you put gin into Coca-Cola, it doesn't no. taste good. Right, and exactly. I, th- I think that's what this is. Gotcha. Trump Plaza, good for boxing for whatever reason. It just works for boxing. Yeah. And it's good for other, you know, that that place is good for other things. But for WrestleMania is, again, unique, yes, but gin and Coke has a unique taste also. The thing with wrestling is wrestling is so used to being in dingy convention halls, right? <laughs> yeah, smoky bars. Smoky bars. I mean, that, that that's a wrestling trope almost, yep. right? Yeah. This hits home the trope on the biggest stage where yeah. WrestleMania is supposed to separate make wrestling look bigger and grander right wrestling cannot have something like gaudy piss stained uh, <laughs> terrible cheap 
um, right. stuff dragging it down because it can't the the sport or you know whatever it is <laughs> itself cannot afford right. that gaudiness boxing on the other hand is that gaudy it, it, it is that it, it's always been that way but boxing even the sport itself has a grandioseness about it i give you that that it being in the trappings of cheap shitty trump closet it almost brings it down to earth so that the yeah. common person can you know like it better very you well know? said yeah. you could just see the cloud of cocaine in the wrestling <laughs> part of it and i think that uh i think that that is why we're putting it on right Right, because it, it just it didn't work, and and let's not mention WrestleMania three, beautiful Pontiac Silver. You're coming off that, yeah. yeah. WrestleMania six, beautiful Sky Dome, right. sandwiched between the, the golden era, right? Yeah. The two golden era WrestleManias, right? Two in a row of this Coke den, yeah. And by the second one, you almost feel like they got bamboozled and trapped into this bullshit. I think so. Like, they, they there there does not seem to be like they want it want fire. Right. They like just they, had they to deal with barely it. Barely mention it. I know. And I just it sucks that Hogan Savage had to take place there. You know what right. I mean? That Even this, that one in Paris, France seems like a bigger deal. Right. Like it's ridiculous. I think we have our clear verdict here, Quinn. Yeah. And our, our intentions are clear. For number four, Trump Plaza. Die, die, die. Well, to recap for Donnie, who you will be hearing from in a couple of weeks, we have the Hartford Civic Center. Yeah. We have the Rosemont Horizon, the Arrowhead Pond, and the Atlantic City Convention Hall, Trump Plaza. That's our Death Valley of WrestleMania venues. We want to know your best and worst. Reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com or simply join the group. Quinn, when we come back, we're heading towards WrestleMania. It'll be a very interesting build towards one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. Right after this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the broadcast booth here in the Silverdome, Pontiac, Michigan. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, along with his lordship, Alfred Hayes, and we're getting set. The preparations are underway for WrestleMania III, the greatest sporting event ever to go down in the annals of sporting history. Lord Alfred, you and I were both privileged enough to be part of WrestleMania I, WrestleMania II, and now WrestleMania III. What does it take to put this all together? Well, I believe it actually started with WrestleMania I. I mean, that took a tremendous effort to put that together. That came from Madison Square Gardens. Absolutely. We moved on to WrestleMania 2, which came from three different venues. Three outstanding locations. Nassau Coliseum, the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, and the Los Angeles Coliseum. Yes, I was out in Los Angeles. You were in Chicago, and I think that that is where one of the biggest shocks took place. You know, it's hard to keep track of some of these great events as they go down year after year, but one of the best ways is with home videotapes. Definitely. I think home video is something that everybody will be able to look back in years and say, I was there, or I do have a memory of this, because just look at this, and what a tape this is going to be, my word. History will be made, and you can be a part of it. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, we are reviewing something. It is time. It is time. This is a WrestleMania-themed episode here, episode number 75, and Quinn and I decided... Let's review an episode of WWF programming that built to one of the biggest WrestleManias. We've mentioned it a few times already in yes. this episode. This is WWF Superstars, which we've done a couple of episodes of. This was their A show at the time. Right. Syndicated this is, this programming. This is the Raw of this was, 1987. Yes. This is where all the major angle development took place, mm -hmm. where you'd see the biggest stars in wrestling, superstars, if you will. February 7th, 1987, 
WrestleMania 3 was at the end of March 1987, so mm-hmm. we are, what they'd call today, on the road, quote-unquote, <laughs> yeah. to WrestleMania. And uh, this Superstars has some very interesting developments, more than Quinn and I anticipated right. when we decided. So, we picked this out because of the particular main event developments with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant that yep. were famous for this episode. But holy shit, this is... There's some other cool blo- stuff. This blew me away. I did not... Ex- it might be one of the finest episodes of Superstars <laughs> to ever happen. It, it really is like yeah. in, in the in the pantheon, if you will, of the Superstars. This one matters here. We get the weird opening shots. And what I mean by that is when they're doing the arena scan before they come down to the announcers, it looks weird. Yeah. They're in a dome. I want to read the results in a little bit towards the end here of what happened at this taping right. and see where we're from. But we are hosted by Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and yes, believe it or not, still there for another year. Good condition, Bents. Good condition, Bents. At ringside, this is Vince McMahon along with wrestling's living legend, Bruno Sammartino. And of course, joining us as always, Jesse the Body Ventura. Vince and Bruno in their red jackets. Jesse Ventura's in Jesse Ventura-esque attire. He's in Jesse Ventura. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we get the WrestleMania video game intro, you know. Yeah, that, that thing. <laughs> but the clips look very old. Quinn pointed that. Like, they look like they're from, like, 85. They look way too old to be in here. But then again, it's early 87. True. So I kind of have to excuse them a little bit. Have to do a little ex- excusation there. Yeah. Uh, as we come back in the crowd is very happy very excited to be there and i'm going to give you our opening match here it is david gold a jobber in a gold jacket very fitting name yeah versus quinn could not believe this macho man randy savage okay so i always ask when's the macho man right that is something you always say and it's funny because i was not freaking expecting this no, I know. <laughs> Normally, when Quinn and I watch these things, we ask, where's the Macho Man? And we never see the Macho Man. Right. But Savage here in the opening moments, and Quinn is in all his glory. The crowd. Holy shit. Like, the crowd flips out, Quinn. Listen, I almost feel like the crowd wasn't expecting this. You think so? It wasn't on their program? Yeah, I don't know. Like, the the surprise and awe of the Macho Man showing up really freaking, like, blew everyone away. It felt like you saw David Gold and you were like, is this going to be good? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this <laughs> yeah, just going to be like Hercules or some Kamala, bullshit? Kamala, you know, someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, you know what's really funny here? Not only does Liz look happy for once and not concerned. Yeah. Savage is in a USA robe. Like, he looks like Apollo Creed. He looks awesome. Like, what was that getup, though? I almost think that's what got him the pop. It's because back then, you know, USA, USA, it always gets the pop. Yeah, maybe. It might be the USA thing. But you said to me, Quinn, this jobber's fucked. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) David Gold. I'm just like, I always get excited for the Macho Man and everything. Mm -hmm. But then, like, literally two seconds later, it occurred to me, wow, this guy is screwed. (laughs) He has no chance. Like... (laughs) It's Macho Man at his, like, peak IC title run. Oh, yeah. And he is not happy. No, he's not. Uh, Savage is in red trunks, by the way. Yellow everything else. You know, knee pads and boots. Dave Hebner is the ref. They're still doing, um, prevalently throughout the show, the local inserts with the Fink. They're actually in our market. Right, yeah. We heard a lot of mentions. Weird, yeah, the Meadowlands. So this was right right where we're at. Right in our neck of the woods. Good body slam uh, for two. Savage kills him with a clothesline, double axe to the floor, and Liz gives an inaudible insert promo. Well, ever since Ricky Steamboat returned back to the ring, Randy has really been, he's been irritable and he's been tense. 
So she's basically like, blah, 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 because the crowd, like, that's literally, yeah. can, that's what I'm hearing. It's like, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 I'm, I'm scared, and I hope people don't get hurt. Like, that's literally what happened. It's true. I don't know what the hell she said. Yeah. Uh, Flying Elbow gets the win with a one-foot pin. Crowd pops so big that even Vince has to be like, oh, some of the, some of the crowd is cheering, some is booing. Some are cheering, some are booing. That's not so bad. So this is interesting because of the fact that, remember at the Silver Dome, yeah. they had to acknowledge it too. So it's clear, like, Savage is on his way to be faced because this is, this is out of control. They can't, they yes. can't help it anymore. They can't help it. He's, they... he's squashing jobbers and pe- and he's being a heel at the same time yes. and people are just like, yeah, Macho Man, <laughs> you know? You know what it is? It's just because he was so different so unique, so charismatic and magnetic. Yeah. How do you not cheer for that guy, even though he was a total asshole? Right, but that's why you loved him. That's he why was you just loved different. Him. He was just so different from anything they had. So we cut to Mean Genie's rambling about the Silverdome. You know, please come to the show. We're going to get people from Africa yeah. and Europe and the Orient. Yes, don't forget the Orient. <laughs> please, basically, please fucking come. Yeah. <laughs> we need to sell these tickets. Also, if you call Ticketmaster Quinn Visa and MasterCard, are accepted. They're making it as easy as possible to buy these tickets. <laughs> Better buy them. Uh, next up, this is the unexpected. We have the tag team champions, the British Bulldogs. Wow. Defending against the Heart Foundation. This is that. This is that. Yeah. Now, I noticed something. They clip out, which I didn't know this. I've never seen this episode of Superstars. Mm-hmm. They clip out the entrance, which is notable because... Dynamite's back was so screwed up at this point that Davey had to literally like carry him to the ring. For this match? For this match. Wow. But they don't acknowledge that whatsoever on TV. Right. They cleverly disguise this by having Jimmy Hart whack, or I think I think it was Jimmy. Yeah, it was. Dynamite. Jimmy yells Dynamite right at the beginning of the match with, with the, the megaphone. megaphone. Yeah. And that puts Dynamite out of commission the whole time. And Danny Davis is the referee. You might have heard of this match. <sighs> now, Danny Davis is yelling at dynamite kid while- for some reason like he like yeah. so this is this is the first time i've seen this match as a whole and yes me too what we know about it from the commentary at three and you know gorilla going on and on <laughs> about this for right. years to come mm-hmm. is that there was shady officiating but this is actually like annoyingly bad yeah. like to the point where like they hit the nail right on the head like fuck danny davis <laughs> like this is stupid like Dynamite is out, right? Yes. Danny Davis is yelling at him and counting, even right. though he's not legal. While like, Bulldog is in the or Davy is in the ring fighting, fighting the hearts. Yes, the hearts. So it's fucking bullshit. Like it, it's annoying. And Quinn, you you said to me that um, the fact that his pants are blue that's a sign that he's shady. Yeah. So <laughs> Danny Davis always had a trend during this like run <laughs> yeah. since like the khaki pants with the Macho Man <laughs> is that he doesn't exactly wear the right uniform. <laughs> he doesn't. I, I always thought that that was like a cue that like there's something <laughs> off about Danny Davis. Like he looks different than all the refs. Like he's <laughs> supposed to stand out in that case. Why doesn't he wear the right pants? Like ever? Because the rules don't apply to fucking Danny Davis. <laughs> damn it. Speaking of things that don't apply, Bruno hasn't said a freaking word well, yet on this broadcast. I don't know if anybody has a good enough condition for him, but, <laughs> or maybe they're taking steroids and he doesn't like it. That's true. That That's only there. Bruno only cares with good condition, as we'll we'll see later on in another That's match. True. Uh, Brackett's knocked dead outside while Davey power slams Anvil, but Davis is still outside scolding Dynamite Kid. Why? It's freaking annoying. You're right. Davey pulls Davis in, but Brett attacks him and the hearts double team while Davis again scolds Dynamite and Quinn is flipping out at this point. What? Okay. 
this is the thing. It's like, say Go you're ahead. doing this, right? Yeah. Danny Davis could do a fast count or anything else. Right. The thing is, Dynamite literally is not legal. He has no bearing on right. the match. There is literally no point. So you're saying if he was going to be a crooked ref, he could find a better way to do it. Right, like exactly. A less obtrusive way to do yeah, it. Yeah, this dynamite thing is bizarre. Like, it is it, bizarre. It's actually weird, as the British Bulldog would say, but it's bizarre. Because I'm bizarre! Heart attack, fast count, new champ. So not only... Yeah, not only is he yelling at dynamite for doing nothing. We need a fast count after yeah. the finisher. Come on. Yeah. So that's the tag title change, Quinn, as Davis leaves with the hearts. Vince calls it a disgrace. Yeah, by the way, Davis leaving with the hearts. He runs out with the hearts and yeah. is almost like celebrating with them yes. practically. And that is how, my friends, Bret Hart won his first title. You know, I, I wanted to win from Dynamite and Davey. They were nice enough to put us over. You know, Bret, you know, in hindsight, Bret acts like this was some big thing. It's like, it's a bullshit, like, three minute you, match. like, thing. I think the main thing from what I understand is Vince wanted the Bulldogs to put over Sheik and Volkov. I think. Why? I don't know if that's true We're or doing not. that still? And Brett was like, no, but the the Bulldogs said they only wanted to put over the Hart Foundation, which if that's the case, I agree with the Bulldogs there. Right. For not putting over Sheik and Volkov in 87. What do they need the tactiles again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, enough of that. Uh, Bruno finally analyzes this whole thing, and you said, like, where was he the whole match? I don't know. He's, he's talking about it after the the whole thing is <laughs> yeah. done. Oh, and it then, looked like a guy, Danny Davis, not a nice guy. Yeah, Vince outraged, and I agree. I know. You know like, this just, is ridiculous. It, it, it was actually very ham-fisted now. Yeah. This guy is an evil ref. Like, there's no subtleties here. Listen, I I, I don't know when he's um banned for life or whenever. Soon. But, like, it's got to be, like, the next week. Like, we get the never fucking again <laughs> by Jack Tunney, as he always says. Never fucking again. Will Danny Davis be a referee? Yeah. You know what? Danny Davis is not even the worst evil ref ever. Nick Patrick kicks his ass by a mile. Nick Patrick is the, the gold standard for heel That's refs. That's it. I don't yeah. care if he came later. He's better. Yeah, he is better. He's definitely better so at the this. The neck brace. Yeah, he's so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Master Bishop. <laughs> yeah. So good. Anderson. Gene in a blue coat now hypes the February Meadowlands show. This is a local insert. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to get shit like Jake versus Bundy. Ugh. Yeah. Tito versus Reed. And a weird ass six man tag that includes Harley Race and Randy Savage on the same team with Adrian Adonis. In fact, Race, this is a weird collection of people. Race <laughs> this is so weird. Savage and Jimmy Hart wandering. All representing different things on the card, yes, by the way. Yes, it's very strange. No Bobby, no Elizabeth. Yeah. Very strange promo. And as a promo ends, it's funny. Savage and Jimmy Hart leave the frame. Right, right. Race just stands back there like an idiot in his like, crown. proudly yeah. for some reason. <laughs> kind of funny. This is why I hated that Harley Race. He just looks like an idiot. Like, it's the former NW six-time NWA champ. Why are we not using this stuff? I know it's somewhere else, but just say like a former world champion like vaguely. Right, right. Like, that's they, all you like, he's awesome. Wrestling champion Harley Race, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Instead, he's wearing purple. Uh, our next match here, it, <laughs> I have to I have to preface this by saying Quinn and I were wondering, you know, what's going to be on this card? Because we have never seen this episode. Yeah. And Quinn's like, I bet we'll get Hercules squashing some jobber. Yeah, I said this before we I even loaded it onto anything. Like, right. I just took a, like, wild guess. Hercules squashing someone. Our next match is Hercules squashing someone. Yeah, <laughs> it literally happened. I couldn't believe it. Hercules versus Buddy Blake. And this is the period where Hercules is unhernandezizing. So now he's like the Roman god yeah. version or whatever he is. Like, I, I've i talked to Joe about this before. Yeah, I think secretly. this is really stupid. <laughs> like, so, 
all of a sudden he's the actual Hercules, like yes. the Hercules. He's not just a wrestler named Hercules Hernandez. Yeah. Now he's the actual god. So this gives Hercules. me well, Hercules wasn't a god in mythology. He was like a he was yeah, like was. a human born. He one of his parents was or something. Is that I think. what it was? Yeah, I, I think it's something like that. He's like half man, half like mythological hero or something. Oh, is that what it was? He but, was a hero and god. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, the thing is, is like, is time travel involved? Like, I'm confused. I is don't know. The, so this is is this the thing where time travel actually happens in wrestling? This might be where time travel is actually used in wrestling, yeah. Yeah. Way ahead of its time. It's weird. No pun intended. Like, they just, they literally would act like he was he, there. he's actually Hercules. I remember he used those chains to pull down pillars or he something like that. He would say this stuff. And it's just like thousands of years ago when I took these chains and I pulled down the pillars of Rome. Jesse Ventura references Billy Jerkanes. He's like, that's what Bobby calls him. One of our favorite yeah. names, <laughs> pet names for him. I think Hercules is just as strong as Billy Jerks. Billy Jerk. I, I like it better. Bobby calls him Billy Jerk. Speaking of him, we get a horrible insert promo from Jerk. Do they like, I swear with the echo, do they tape those inserts in the men's room? Well, not only that, they're not muting the crowd at all. Like, I they're know. not muting, but, you know, lowering the yeah. crowd noise. I don't know what anyone is saying. Now, I must say, the Hercules or Billy Jerk Haynes in a box here. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, That's not something I want to buy. His shirt has a picture of his face, but you're only seeing the hat. Yes. So the way the Stupid box is hat. shaped or whatever. What is that hat? Like, yeah, I don't know. He but looks the, like a dork. He's wearing the hat and, yeah. and his shirt's wearing the hat, yeah. his shirt picture. It looks like he's standing over a miniature version you know of he, him. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, the way, because the way the box is framed and everything, it looks really weird. It looks really weird. You know, Billy Jerkanes might be my least favorite wrestler on the WrestleMania 3 card. I think mm. he actually is. I don't know. I, I don't like Little, Little, Little Beaver sucks. <laughs> Lord Littlebrook's fine. Little Beaver, he's a little too big for his britches over there. What about Haiti Kid? Haiti Kid, you know, he seems like an asshole for some reason. <laughs> like, ever, like all the time, he seems like an asshole. Does it, like, somebody say something on the boards. Does anyone agree there's something off about this guy? Like, he thinks he's better than everyone. Like, even kid. like Hulk Hogan, he thinks he's better. That's some strong words there, Quinn. He just, he seems like bitter that he's not higher up the card or something. Maybe just higher in stature. Yeah, I don't know. Referee here is John Bonello. Hercules does some super macho man poses. And Quinn, I, I want to address this point you brought up. You said you never liked that Bobby Heenan lowered himself to manage Hercules. Hercules seems not at the level of a Heenan family member. And I believe we did a Rushmore Death Valley of Heenan family members, but I don't think we put Hercules in Death Valley. But now that I'm thinking about it, Jerkules, maybe is yeah. more like it, huh? Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> this is actually like a bad squash, which you attributed Quinn to Hercules' lack of offense. Yeah, so Hercules doesn't have moves. Like, <laughs> like we noticed this during this match. It's like, bad, man. So this is the problem, is Hercules looks and feels like a main eventer. Right. When he's wrestling... He feels like a jobber who doesn't know what he's doing. It's true. He feels like a green-as-grass rookie. It's absolutely true. Hercules main-evented a Saturday Night's main event against Hulk Hogan. And on paper, or on like with your eyes, that makes total sense it looking at the great. two of them. Yeah. But Hercules in the ring? Ugh, Holy shit. He's terrible. I didn't think... You know, I didn't think he was this bad. Yeah, seeing him in the day-to-day -day with the squashes, bad. he looks awful, and... 
you had made this comment. It's like you can really tell with a squash how bad a guy actually is. Right. And, and you can tell why he is where he is. Because look at Savage in the opener. He's a heel that the crowd is cheering because he's so good. Right. Hercules puts a front face lock on a guy for a minute and a half. Right. Just doing nothing. The thing is, Savage didn't do much. But, but he maybe that's good the, doing maybe it. that's the, the genius of him. It's like he doesn't need to do a right. lot because he's just so damn energetic and interesting. Exactly. Full Nelson gets the win. Gene is with Ricky Steamboat, who poorly quotes satisfaction. Yeah, he, he's he, like, he does, I he, can't get no... S- s- <laughs> he doesn't know the words. You know something, Gene? You know that song where it says, I can't get no satisfaction. satisfaction. Here's the <laughs> Come thing. On! Is, this is the genius of Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat could tell me the happiest moment of his life, right. and I could somehow feel sorry for him. <laughs> like I, I feel sorry for him here. The most sympathetic baby. He's the face, most sympathetic right? baby face to ever exist, and this is why he's awesome. Uh, I can't get no satisfaction. Like I would almost believe that he pretended not to know the words, so I would feel bad for him. That's how good he is. Well, I don't know if I feel bad for him. I just don't know if he maybe has the best taste of music if he doesn't know the words to that just, iconic classic rock song. I just feel bad. Still, I still feel bad. I'm looking at him. He looks concerned for some reason, even though he's trying to give me an inspired, like, I'm going to beat him thing. Right. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a... Steamboat's not a great promo, but you're absolutely right. He is one of the most sympathetic baby faces of all time yeah him being bad at a promo might be part of the genius is because he's literally the faces he's making while he's giving the bad promo you're right. like oh you know like <laughs> damn it he's so nice he's like so nice what yeah. a nice man speaking of nice men steve lombardi is this about doink uh mm-hmm. is <laughs> we think fighting hillbilly jim yeah so hillbilly jim comes out and yeah he's, like, he's in the ring he's like, hi folks hillbilly fucking jim here yeah. bleepers and we've got some hilarious, whoo, side splitting, hootie, hootie, laughing bleepers that I want you to see. You, yeah, fuck you. Uh, here's somebody else. Yeah, the worst song I've ever played, I heard, plays as Outback Fucking Jack comes out. Now we've never talked about Outback Jack, but first thing I have to say, Quinn, is crikey. Yeah, crikey. Very crikey. crikey. V- very crikey here. He like shittily makes his way out. Now, Outback Jack, let me describe him. If you've never heard of Outback Jack, yeah. if you've never seen Outback Jack, he has like sand colored dungarees on it. <laughs> Hello there. Oh, crikey there. He's got, yeah. Like, Hulk Hogan's boots. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. First of all, you're not supposed to wear jeans and boots with the boots over the jeans. Yeah. They're supposed to be tucked under know, your jeans. I know. That's what Hillbilly does with his um, dungarees. His overalls. Overalls, or... whatever. Not dungarees. Yeah. So he's got his sandy dungarees, his yellow boots, <laughs> bad like accountant hair, <laughs> and a missing tooth, and, and a stupid Australian hat, and a dumb vest. The Australian hat with like the bend, like it was sitting under a chair or something. He was probably sitting on it by accident. And again, he's the most crikiest thing ever, like so crikey. Crikey. He's even more crikey than the British Bulldogs. Oh, much more than the Bulldogs, more than Tony Gurria. Yeah. And this guy doesn't even have a good physique, he's just big. But yeah. like not impress like like football coach on a on a high school level maybe maybe, maybe peewee maybe a peewee football coach that took off- his shirt off and had a brawl with the other coach he comes off more like an armchair quarterback to me not even like a like a football like an actual guy that sits in his chair on sunday and critiques chair. and critiques the san diego uh 
Chargers, Chargers or something. Yeah. yeah, he would like them because they suck. Yeah, electric chair quarterback. This guy stinks. He was so bad at wrestling that he didn't do it much because he was <laughs> so bad at it. He did nothing in the ring. He stunk. In fact, he won like eight matches and then he was just jobbing for another year. Was he, was he somebody awful. somewhere? He was nothing anywhere. <laughs> He's terrible. It's ridiculous. Outhouse Jack. Yeah. Even Dave Hebner looks sad about it. Right. I want Lombardi to win, and I don't even like Steve Lombardi. Is this about Doink? Yeah. You know why? You know why I don't like Steve Lombardi? Well, we'll discuss his merits. I don't like him in one sense. It's not even his fault. People act like he's good. Here's the thing, Joe. He's good at selling. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's I, what he's good at. I call him the greatest jobber of all time because, like, as a jobber, right. he's perfect. Like, he, there, it doesn't get much better. Absolutely. Maybe the gambler is, like, number two to him or yeah, something. Yeah, gambler's a great jobber. And, and I don't consider Johnny Rodswood a jobber because he actually won. Yeah, Johnny Rods is a very good wrestler and yeah. won sometimes. Lombardi... If you say he's a good wrestler, I mean... That's he's not the, you're not getting the point yeah. if you say he's a good wrestler. He's good at losing and putting people over. He'll sell anything. He'll do anything. He takes pretty good bumps. He's a decent character. As the brawler. Yeah. He has no good offense, though. When he's right. on offense, and he is in some of this match, he's terrible. But speaking of terrible, an awful bulldog by Outhouse Jack here, gets the win. <laughs> Fucking crikey is all I have to say. Were they trying to capitalize on Crocodile Dundee? I think what that's was what it this? was, Joe, because you're, you were asking in the middle, like, why this character? Yeah, why this song? Yeah, I, I'm... I'm 100% sure everything has to do with Crocodile Dundee. I bet right. you the song even like is some parody of something in Crocodile Dundee. I haven't seen that movie in forever, so I don't know. It made me really mad, yeah. this whole thing, but this doesn't. We have a very iconic Piper's Pit. Uh, this is it. Yeah. This is the big one. This is why we picked this show. There were a few before this one. One involved Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and a trophy, and Hogan got a bigger trophy than Andre, and Andre walked off set, didn't say a word. Right. Jesse Ventura was like, I will produce Andre the Giant. Can you produce Hogan? That right. whole thing. Yeah, right before this. And this is the big hyped confrontation. We're finally going to see Andre, who has not turned heel, by the way. Mm -hmm. He has not turned not heel officially. yet. No. Um, and hasn't been seen much recently. He had been suspended mm -hmm. by Jack Tunney. Never fucking again will Andre wrestle yeah. or whatever because he was a machine, remember? Right. He wasn't supposed to. Do that's no, no. That's a no, no. Uh, so this is a big deal. You know, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan on superstars. Yep. So we have Piper's Pit. Piper's a face by now. He's on his way out. Ventura's all assy, you know, yeah. all confident. And Piper brings out the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan himself, who looks a little trepidatious, a little mm -hmm. nervous. Jesse brings out Andre, but Quinn, who is with Andre the Giant? Bobby the Brain Heenan. First time ever. And and Hawk is very upset. Yes. He is very scared. Wait, what's going on here? Hold on, man. What are you doing with him? Andre's all smug. Because yeah. he knows that he's got Hogan's number now. Yeah. And Hogan goes into a sermon, you know, not him, Andre. You are my mentor. Yeah. You're the reason I got into wrestling. Good angle. I mean, it, it's good. It's This is perfect. What are you doing with him? Right. Listen to me. Day one, man, when I set my eyes on you, brother, you're the reason I got in professional wrestling. You were like a god to me, a role model. You can't be here with him, man. Bobby, perfect guy to speak for Andre, says that Andre is sick of Hogan. And what he stands for. I agree. By 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Three years is a long time. Yeah. Bobby says that Hogan used Andre and that Hogan is jealous, which that's not really true, but it sounds convincing. It sounds good enough for me. I, right. I, I would believe it. But here's the, the kicker. Never gave him a title shot. And now, that's true. That's 100% true. That is true. And Gorilla had the best defense for that. 
Yeah. Never asked for one, which is also true. But but that this is why this angle works, because Bobby's not wrong. Hey, Hogan never gave him a title shot. I hate that logic. Because, first of all, where the hell is Jack Tunney to be like? you are this guy's the, undefeated. the number one contender like did everyone just like wasn't looking at the record books for 15 right. years like what the fuck is going on seriously like how how did he not get a title shot after like 10 wins in a row right you know i agree with you uh then we have the iconic moment where andre says look at me when i'm talking to you yeah <laughs> look at me when i'm talking to you i'm there for one reason I challenge you to a match at the Hustle Mania. Like, that whole thing. To challenge you for a world championship match in the Hustle Mania. The Hustle Mania. That's where yeah. we get... Uh, that's The basis of our Andre impression comes from this and from the main event in 88. Yeah. You know, with the world, world wide, wide, wide... Yeah, tag titles, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the Hustle Mania. Yep, yep. Quinn and I still call it Hustling and Hustle Mania because of this. This is basically the source code of that. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Andre rips off the crucifix... And then after a second, Hogan gets his composure and Piper goes down on one knee and says the iconic line, Yeah, bleeding. Yeah, bleeding. Yeah, bleeding. Beautiful. Three minutes, give or take, of easy to follow, but intense and kind of nuanced storyline development. Very, like, short in retrospect. Looking back at it, I thought this was a longer segment. A couple of weeks of this in a row is all they needed. But I mean... After that, I mean, all hell breaks loose on the announce team. Oh, yeah, that's all they talk about the whole rest yeah. of the time. And I'm not going to put too much of that in and post. Yeah. But really, what they talk about is Jesse obviously advocating for Andre. Bruno blown away that Whoa. Andre would ever side with somebody like Bobby the Brain Heenan, yep. as he says. And Vince trying to be the voice of reason uh, as a very uninspired match between the Killer Bees. And Jimmy Jack Funk and someone. <laughs> they literally they don't say, don't say. Which I don't really care. No, I don't care either. That goes on. And Jesse is just really pushing this this feud. He did a great job promoting it. Vince obviously did a great job promoting it. Even Bruno did his part in playing up the shock of this. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Bruno, I, of all people, should be shocked. Because yes. I've been in this company forever. Andre the Giant, like, debuted when I was the champion. Right. You know, like, yeah. like, this is pretty shocking to the system for somebody like Bruno. And it is, makes sense. Yeah, this is where Bruno's experience and who he is really does have a voice for once. Yeah. Instead of just saying, oh, that's a good move there. And yeah. that's all he says, you know, right, for like exactly. an hour. So that was good. Joey Morell is the ref for this awful match, by the way. The announcers ignore it. Ignore it, like we said, which I agree with. Mm -hmm. Jim Brunzel is like shaggy, bad hair today. For like normally, he has the good hair. This whole match is garbage, Joe. I know. And then Vince goes into this diatribe about how the bees are hard to tell apart when they have the masks on, which <laughs> they don't they, anyway. It's ridiculous. One has a mustache. <laughs> and why does what was with Vince and people being hard to tell apart? And, I don't know. I think he liked the angle. I know Gorilla was into it, too. Gorilla the, was different. Like, because with demolition and shit. <laughs> Gorilla did it with the nasties and the bushwhackers, but I think it's because Bob Morella didn't care enough to ever know which one was which. Ah, oh, one of the nasties! You know, if, now that I'm thinking about it, it's pretty funny. When somebody's a heel, yeah. he can't tell the difference, but when somebody's a face, he can. <laughs> My example being when demolition was heel, yeah. he'd always be like, can't I tell can't tell them apart, Jess. Right. When they turned face, all of a sudden he knows who acts and smashes, and Jesse's the one who has like trouble. Which one's that now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, it's strange. It is. This is a very long match, and I don't know who the other guy is. It's very, very bad. <laughs> Dropkick of Doom 
gets the win for the bees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a move in the 80s, so it I'm was. okay with that ending. And to be fair, Brunzel does have a very good dropkick. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, Craig DeGeorge, who must be brand new. It's February of 87. He's like, hi, I don't know where I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm a baby. He, he he tracks down Mean Gene, to, and he interviews Mean Gene. Yeah, he asked Mean Gene about what just occurred. Oh, Mean Gene, what happened here? Well, uh, give me a break. I yeah. think Hulk Hogan is psychologically deflated. Okay, now we're just making a bunch of excuses so that they can string us along till next week. Yes, like, I know. Gene, Mean Gene Okolet. Yeah. Mean, Frank. could you please tell us the situation? I'll be right there. Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, what is the state of mind now for the champion? Hulk Hogan, heavyweight champ, is psychologically totally deflated. They're like, it's like a heart. He got stabbed in the heart. He's psychologically damaged. It's very like, funny. This sounds like something on WCW. It, the does, way he, like, it does, actually. It's like he needs brain surgery before next week to even <laughs> like answer the challenge. You know, it's amazing how every February Hogan's getting upset. Every time. You know, when yeah. he's crying, he's getting his feelings hurt. Whether it's Andre or whether it's two referees and dollar bills or whether it's Savage turning on him. Right. Someone's always upsetting Hogan. He had in February. A, a lot of bad Februarys until like the early nineties. Yeah, he really did. Even Sid turned on him in February. He's always yeah. getting screwed in February. Right. Or Money Inc. beats up his friend in February. Right. It yeah. is amazing how Hogan gets his feelings hurt just in time for WrestleMania every year. Butch Reed is with Slick versus David Studemeyer. Stoudemire. Stoudemire. Uh, it's kind of like Mel Stoudemire, <laughs> yeah, on the Co- Yankees. Coco Beware with an insert promo. He also doesn't say much. I'm going to beat you. Okay, Yeah, thanks. and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, bird, fans, bird, but bird. I feel like this Birdman versus um, Butch Reed feuds existed somewhere outside the WWF, and they were just, because Maybe, they were both right? new, they were using it as it- like... A- Something like for them to do at WrestleMania. They were both Bill Watts guys from the UWF. My understanding. So I I have a feeling that that was the thinking here is like, okay, these, these two are big guys from UWF. Let's, uh, yeah, let's do something with that. Get them a nice payday and everything. Uh, Reed wins with a rather poor gorilla press. Like he just dropped him. It wasn't good. I commented before how Bruno only likes to comment with good condition. He really likes Butch Reed. Oh yeah. He analyzes the press slam. Oh, look, yeah. they dropped him down. It's a nice move there. Look at the way he did that. Look at this power, the way he pressed his Dave Storm out of red like nothing. That, oh, did you see the way he dropped him? I believe he hit his head, and he is knocked out of very weird like he he loves butch reed even though he's like probably more steroided up than most people that he didn't want to comment on before you gotta have good condition but real good condition yep uh slick calls out tito santana by the way and then we go to mean gene unfortunately bringing in johnny v who i never there's never an instance where i ever want to see him He's annoying. He really the is one of the most annoying he, people. He was ever good was at some house show we were <laughs> watching where he there was like some really boring match and like somebody was saying like it's a sixty minute time Gorilla, limit. Yeah. What if it goes that long? And Johnny V's just like, well, I don't want to sit here through that. I hope it doesn't. I've been sitting in an airplane all day. I really don't want to sit here for an hour and watch this, you know. But it, uh, you know, that was that the was mo- awesome. The truest of lines. Yeah, he was not in character there. I think yeah. he just that came out of him. Yeah. I don't want to sit through that. I agree. It was the opener. It yeah. was like some horrible match. It was probably like Jose Luis Rivera versus somebody. Versus that French guy. That's Maybe. not Rene Goulet, yeah. but the other French guy. <laughs> Some other shitty French guy. Awful. But th- this is actually interesting, not because Johnny V is, but he brings in his new team, The Demolition. Right. And this is so confusing. They look so fucking different. And it is Darso and uh, and Bill Eady. But I can't tell that because, because Bill Eady, first of all, he looks like Moondog Rex. He's got his hair combed forward like yeah. it's not slicked. It's purple. Right. They got different face paint as early demolition does. Darso has a shaved head. 
Yeah. It definitely Barry does, so you can hear it in his voice. Oh, I'm Barry Darso, hi! People look at us and they get a little bit scared. And totally different face paint. That's the way they looked and back the then. And the attire, Joe, it's so, like, flappy and, it's, like, it doesn't is. look like it fits. It's it, very strange. What the fuck was going on here? They are brand new in February of 87 here, so it's it's a very nondescript promo. They're like, hi, we're Demolition! Yeah, very underdeveloped at very. this point. And it's no wonder they, these guys didn't make it to WrestleMania 3. Right, good, yeah, very like, good point. They, yeah, it's like, this is not ready for prime time no, yet at not all. Yet. And especially with Johnny V as their manager, they needed someone like Fuji. <laughs> yeah, get, get Johnny, Johnny V. Johnny V is too comedy and like not even good He's comedy. He's supposed to be bruisers, not goofs. Yeah, exactly. And with like Fuji's at least like, haha, that a god, that my yeah. sinister tame half. Yeah, it's you know like I mean? there's something mysterious. Like, right. As shitty as Fuji is, right. like he's good at making the team seem threatening because you don't really know what's going on. And he doesn't talk as much as Johnny V. Right, exactly. Because Johnny V doesn't shut up. Yeah. He's not even good. That's it. We yeah. can't get a hold of Hogan. Uh, we're yeah, told they, by they, Gene. They, they tell us we failed a uh, psychological breakdown, whatever. So we're going to have to wait until next week to find out if he'll accept Andre's challenge and we are out. Notably, at the end, it ends with like, you bladen comment. Yes! Like, yeah. <laughs> you know how I do an ending tag usually? It's, will you stop, stop, stop? It yeah. was, you bladen. <laughs> you bladen. Oh, I can't believe it. It's like, and then it just like fades out. It's weird. It's like a freeze frame yep. of like Hogan with the audio. So I'm going to say here, and I'm going to read this whole taping from uh, Graham Cawthorn's excellent book the history of professional wrestling volume one the results 1963 to 1989 get it on amazon it's about 30 dollars or so well worth the price quinn just picked up both volumes one mm-hmm. and two for us to have on hand here as a resource you can also find it at history that is not a cheap plug we're just endorsing something we like right that's all we're not gonna yeah, we have for no this. connection nope, to any of this not at all but anyway i would say this was a very good show very fun very enjoyable. What, right. what do you say? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, peak WWF 80s. If there was any example of how good the WWF was, right. this is it. I totally agree. So let's actually find out what went on here for this tape. Yeah, okay? it's the same thing. So this is Tampa, Florida. Okay. So they don't say this at the top. And you know what dome it was? The Sun Dome. Okay. That That's why it was a dome. Dome situation. 10,800 fans. Mm-hmm. Superstars taping. Ron Bass defeated Lanny Poffo. Okay, this was earlier in the taping. Yes. King Harley Race battled the Junkyard Dog to a double DQ. That must be that angle they show on WrestleMania 3. That that, that makes sense. World champion Hulk Hogan defeated Kamala. On TV? On Superstars? Doesn't say it wasn't, yeah. Okay. And now we have the 2-7 included under the Giant Turning Heel and challenging Hogan to a title match, blah, blah, blah. So we have that whole card. That's what we just reviewed. Then after that, the 2-14 Superstars. Hulk Hogan on Piper's Pit, in which he accepted Andre the Giant's challenge. Right, of course, because okay. we know that. Tito Santana pinned Terry Gibbs with a flying forearm at the 22nd mark. What? Yeah. <laughs> Prior to the match, WWF President Jack Tunney suspended referee Danny Davis Thank for God. life. Jimmy Hart then came ringside and led Davis backstage. Bob Orton and Don Morocco with Fuji defeated Leo Stroheim and Lanny Poffo at 325 <laughs> when Morocco pinned Stroheim with a tombstone. So that builds the uh, feud with uh, Strikeforce yep. Jr. over there. Yeah, Can-Ams. Yeah. The Junkyard Dog pinned John Volcomer with a power slam. That's that Junkyard Dog match they were hyping at the end of this. By the way, they were hyping like, next week, yes. Junkyard Dog and stuff. Demolition with Johnny V defeated Mario Mancini. <laughs> and listen to this. C.V. Afi. Ha! At 119. Oh, my God. When Axe pinned Mancini following the decapitation, the first appearance of Barry Darso playing 
Smash. Look at that. There you go. So we saw a very early promo. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat defeated Tom Laxton with a karate chop mm. at two minutes and two <laughs> seconds. Martel and Zenk defeated Tiger Chung Lee. Ugh. And the Gladiator. Who? At 319 when Martel pinned the Gladiator with a slingshot. And then 221 Superstars was also taped here. They did a lot. Included footage of an empty arena interview before the taping began in which Roddy Piper confirmed that his match at WrestleMania 3 would be his last. The empty arena, very reminiscent of championship wrestling. Yes, absolutely. Tag team champions, their first appearance as champs, the Hart Foundation defeated the Islanders at 433. Huh. Yeah, when, Interesting, like a real defense. Real defense when when uh, Neidhart pinned Tama after Davis tripped him as he came off the okay. top rope. Yeah. So there you go there. <laughs> and King Harley Race pinned Sal Bolomo <laughs> at 109. He still around. With a cradle suplex, yeah. yeah. Billy Jerk Haynes defeated Morgan Bastian via submission Clue. with the full Nelson. Okay. I don't know. Greg Valentine and Brutus Buffcake, the dream team with Johnny V and Dino Bravo. Oh, I know. Defeated Paul Roma <laughs> and Frankie Rose at 253 when Rose submitted to Valentine's figure four. And finally, Coco Beware defeated the Red Demon at 310 with the Ghostbuster. Cool. The, the, the Red Demon. Red Demon. What so is that's this? that entire is, taping. What is this, ghouls and ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> Just figure we give you a little bonus info there to fill out the rest of the show, folks. Yeah, that's what happened. That was a very good taping, I would say, because of all the stars involved. Oh, yeah, that was the best you could ask for, even though it was probably like six hours long or some shit. Yeah. Like, At the point we joined it, the crowd was definitely into it, so that was cool, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I thought it built to WrestleMania 3 very well. I mean, there's nothing quite like building towards WrestleMania season, is there, Quinn? Nothing like it. It's one it. of the best things. And folks, we're going to continue to build towards our upcoming WrestleMania, our recovery show. Next week, join us again, our first show of April. We will be there to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling specifically retro wrestlemania yeah it'll be fun and then the week after that we will have a wrestlemania recovery show in the meantime reach us on twitter at ovb podcast join the group and be sure to check out our next hall of fame bite and stay tuned for scott keith until next time i am joe Murata. that is michael quinn saying so long see ya Billy Jack had a word of caution, I believe, for Hercules Hernandez, comparing Paul Nelson. Hercules, five years, has been the master of the Paul Nelson. And I claim I'm no better than anybody else, but in a pro wrestling, the toughest sport in the world, man. You want to challenge me, Paul Nelson versus Paul Nelson? Go ahead, Daddy. If I get it on you, I'm going to break your neck with a snap, crackle, pop. We'll see who the master of Paul Nelson is, punk. You're bleeding.